What is happening, everyone? It is another edition of Split Decision along with Will Brewer. I am Colby Daniels. Happy UFC pay-per-view fight week, UFC 289 on Saturday night. Will Brewer, my friend, how are you? Fantastic, man. I'm doing great. How about yourself? I am geeked for this fight card on Saturday, although I did briefly experience some devastating news this afternoon. I saw a breaking news story that said Charles Oliveira is out of UFC 289 after carrying this entire card on his back in the weeks leading up to Saturday. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, this card is uh, kind of light, but um, I still give it the nod over 270, I have to say. Yeah, I, I would probably lean toward this one over 270, but... Uh, I am I am absolutely just kidding. This card is not better than 270 by no? any stretch of the imagination. No, no way. I mean, just like you said, Charles and, and Charles is basically carrying this show, or this pay-per-view on its back. The Francis and Surreal fight, as yeah, of just you know what? that You're right. fight You're itself, right. You're right. is you better Francis than... Francis and Surreal. Yeah, so like that's that itself is better than the, this card. This card is is it's okay, you know, but compared to that card and compared to what we've seen this year thus far, uh, this has been a pretty big drop off. Okay, how does it compare to two eighty eight? Because I I told you last pay per view two eighty eight was the new gold standard for me in terms of are we are we rating this above two eighty eight? So is this is two eighty nine going to be the new gold standard? I think so. Um, I think two eighty eight was a was a better card um, from from top to bottom for sure. Uh, this card has some good uh, fights, but I think it would they they did their best to cater to the Canadian uh, faithful. Um, and not to say that that these fights won't be won't be fantastic, but uh, just the the when you look at the names and everything, it's it's you know. You have to be a hardcore fan to truly appreciate uh, what this card brings. I, it's it's a tough one because I think 288, top to bottom, better card, right? In terms of just fight in, fight out, better card. I mean, it's the only... I think the star power, though, of Amanda Nunes and, and Charles Oliveira is maybe the only argument that you could make for 289 over 288. But I, I, I think I'm leaning toward your thought process here in going 288 greater than. Yeah, uh, I mean, 289, um, it's got some solid matchups. Like when you look at Ige and uh, Nate Landwehr, like that's going to be bananas. Um, I think the, the style matchup of Fugit and Malat could pr produce a pretty exciting fight. Um, then, of course, you got Charles and Benil, which is... Charles is going to make that chaos. And then, um, you know, you got your main event and there's just so many ways that they could play out. So I think there's a lot of questions and then combine that with um, there's not a lot of star power on the card, but you know, 288, you know, you had, you know, Aljo and Henry, you know, Henry two division champion, you know, Bilal and Gilbert, the, that fight was what it was. But at the time you thought that, that was going to be a pretty solid fight. Jessica Andrade on the card, Evloev undefeated fighter, uh, Frivola, Dober, you know, so uh, I just think that you know, not by a wide margin, uh, not by any stretch, but I just think 288 just edges 289. 
I, I, I guess one of the things that carries a lot of weight for me is Charles Oliveira, Benil Dariush might be in my top five favorite matchups of the year so far. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I think that, uh, just, I wish it was five rounds. Um, the, but the fact yeah. that it's three rounds might be even better for, for the, for the fan. Um, because we already know Charles comes out and he does the same thing every time. He throws a jumping uh, scissor kick <laughs> to the to the face, and he's getting he's getting right in his opponent's face. I'm curious to see how how Benil uh, approaches that, but there's just so many ways that this fight can go because both guys are so well versed in grappling. Both guys are so well versed in striking. Charles seems like he's the more um, violent guy, but Benil has shown that he can be violent as well, but he's a more calculated killer himself. So, I mean, that that matchup, uh, Charles and Benil, uh, I, I, I would agree, uh, especially with all the fights that are going on uh, later in this year. Um, it's probably in my top five, too. But, you know, I'm curious to see uh, how it plays out, man. That, that fight's going to be bananas. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, before we break down the fights on this card and and especially that one because that's that I've been so torn on which direction I'm leaning on that, I have to get your take on the main event of last weekend's UFC card. Uh, a lot of controversy over the uh, featherweight uh, finale with Kai Kara France and uh, or uh, excuse me, um, is it featherweight? No, 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 no flyweight. Uh, flyweight, flyweight. Uh, I had a brain fart there. The flyweight main event with Kaikara France and Amir Albazi. How did you view that? And what was your take on whether the judges got it right or wrong? Uh, I scored it for, for Kai. Um, and I, I uh, was pretty sure on the night that Kai got it done. I had uh, round one, round four and round five uh, for Kai. And I had two and three for Albazi. Uh, I did think that round one was close. I thought round two was close, but at the end of the day, I thought I I knew who the winners were of every round. Um, three clearly Albazi, and I thought uh, Kai took four and five pretty convincingly. Um, Agreed. I'm not I'm not one of those people who throw out the 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 term robbery much, and. Looking at the judges' scorecards, there's one particular judge who scored the fourth round for Albazi. That is a robbery to me because, like, there's no way when you look at that fourth round that Albazi won that. I don't know what that judge saw. Um, you know, normally, like with round one or round two, like there was a judge that scored the first two rounds for Albazi. Uh, you know, I, I don't agree with it, but I, I don't hate it. You know, those first two rounds were, were close, but. That fourth round was clearly Kai Car France, and the and the fact that uh, it was a split decision, and the fact yeah. that if that judge would have scored that round correctly, Kai would have won. Uh, it just sucks for Kai, but I mean, I thought it was a good fight, a good competitive fight for the flyweight division. Um, but it just sucks that it had to end like that. But um, still, a, a, a close fight. Um, but you know, hey. Uh, yeah, Albazi got it done. So I scored the fight three two for Albazi, and I gave Albazi one two and three. To your point, I I overwhelmingly gave Kai Kara France four and five. 
I thought when round one ended, I was like, that is razor thin. I could go either way. I, I, I again, I leaned toward Albazi, but I could have been talked out of it. I, I didn't feel strongly, and I even rewatched it, and I didn't feel strongly that one guy absolutely did more than the other, and it, it, I think round one's probably a preference thing. Round two was close, but I, I thought that Albazi did win that one. I wasn't too conflicted about it, but I thought it was a close round. Round three for me was clearly Albazi, and then four and five are Kaikar France by the biggest margin of any rounds in the fight, which... I think, like, when you watch the entirety of the 25 minutes, clearly Kaikara France was the better guy over 25 minutes, right? But when you have to award a winner in five-minute segments, I think it can very easily be explained that Albazi got the benefit of the doubt in one, edged him in round two, and won round three, despite over 25 minutes Kaikara France looking like the better guy, losing two really close rounds, and winning two rounds by a country mile seemingly, right? So this is kind of one of those unique situations where like I, I scored it for Albazi, yet at the end of the fight, even though I scored it 3-2, I kind of felt like Kaikara France looked like the better fighter in that fight. Yeah, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. Like um, when you say, you know, you had those first three rounds for Albazi and the last two for Kai. That's a scorecard I can get behind. Like you can say, like I saw it this way. I saw that first round it was razor thin, but I gave it to to Albazi. You know, like I had two and three for him anyway, and I thought the first round was close. So like, right. that's that's completely fine with me. Uh, it's just the fact that that judge for that, that yeah. fourth round, which which was clearly for for Kai. I think that's where the uproar of of a lot of the fans online um, have when it comes to this fight. But I think it's interesting that you said, you know. Over the course of 25 minutes, Kai was a better guy. But in, when you break it down in five yeah. minutes, round, five rounds, you know, you can make that case for Albazi. I'll, I'll give you an example of, of which is exactly what you're saying. You remember the infamous Corey Sanhagen, TJ Dillashaw fight. Over the course of 25 minutes, Corey Sanhagen looked like the the better guy. But when you break the when you break it down into those five, you know, five minute rounds, you can make a case of you know tj being the being the winner not by looking at his face but just you know you right. have to look at everything right. that happened in the fight so um yeah i i completely agree with you there it's yeah it's just one of those things where when you see one guy so clearly win like two of the five rounds by a by a giant margin right where it's not even disputable and then maybe you have three like close rounds and for all of the close rounds to go to that guy but like, if you could call those all coin flip rounds and then the other guy wins two by a giant margin, it just feels like that guy was clearly the better fighter. Like, if you don't segment it into five-minute rounds, like, nobody could watch that fight and be like, well, that's the that's the winner and that's the loser. But the way they score it, it was such a weird thing. Because, like I said, I scored that fight for Albazi, yet when the fight ended, I was like, I, I, I have Albazi winning, but I feel like... Albazi lost the fight. Like watching it with your eyes, you feel like Albazi lost the fight. It's it's, it's a it's a very it, 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 there are very unique circumstances where those those kind of things I think take place. Yeah, it, it, very unique, and you know that's not to take away from either one of these guys. You know, I feel like um, the everything that's been talked about since that fight is how Kai got robbed. And we're not talking enough about um, the performance that Al Bazi put out 
Um, it was a good one. You know, you can say that he lost and everything, but you know, that was his first main event. He took a huge jump up in competition, fighting the top five guy. And you can't make a case that he, that he won it. So I think, uh, you know, we have to give Albazi more credit uh, for the performance that he put out. Uh, it sucks for Kai because, uh, you know, it, it seemed like he was winning that Brandon Moreno fight, um, the fight, the fight where he uh, lost that inner no title doubt. fight. Um, and then that body kick, you know, ended it. And then, you know, he comes into this fight and he looked he looks fantastic. Uh, I, I think he got better from fight, from that fight to this fight, uh, but unfortunately he you know didn't get the nod. So, um, it, is it'll be interesting to see where both guys go from here. Uh, but uh, it, you know, it, it just sucks because you know you you feel for Kai. Um, he's he's put he, he got so much better. He's putting all the all of his uh, everything into these fight camps and everything into you know coming from Australia. Uh, and and getting into these into these fights, and he looks the way he looks, but he doesn't get the nod. It's yeah. it sucks. But then uh, when you think about Albazi, you're like you're happy for him. I don't know. I'm I'm torn <laughs> on how I should feel about this, but you know that's just a fight game, man. I I just I think they need to run this one back. I mean, I I think when you look at where both guys are, I, I like I don't want to penalize Albazi uh, going forward, even though you know I think a lot of people feel like he didn't get the like. You know, he won in the octagon on that night, yet I don't want Kaikar France to suffer the fate of, of having to climb back into the, the contender rankings by, by having two or three more fights. You know, like, let's just run it back and settle it. And in the meantime, if we do get a title fight uh, following Brandon Moreno and Pantoja, then give it to Brandon Royval. Yeah, you know, I think Roy Vall, uh, from from his last few performances, uh, and I think with the way he resonates with the fans, I think that he uh, should be the next guy. But, uh, yeah, you know, running the back would make a lot of sense with Albazi and, and Kai, but uh, if I'm Albazi, I'm not taking that because uh, I think <laughs> yeah. uh, Kai would do the necessary things to make sure he gets the nod. Um, ah, man. Yeah, honestly, I'm with you. I think they should run it back, but um, I know Albazi's not going to take that. So I don't know where I don't know where either guy goes. I think Kai, uh, in an interview, said that he would like to fight Tim Elliott. If I'm Kai, I'm not aiming that low. I, I, I'm still trying to fight some of these top five or six guys. You know, um, uh, uh, the kid that was supposed to fight Davison uh, Figueredo, uh, the one that you like. Um, Kai, yeah, Manel, Kai. yeah, he, uh, him and Kai would be a great fight. And, uh, you know, that's a fight that for, I think that makes a lot of sense for both guys. Cop needs that one win to break him into title contention. And Kai is trying to hold on to his spot. So I think that fight makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I would like to like, here's a legit question. If Dana went to Amir Abazi and said, you can take this rematch and it's, it's a number one contender fight. The winner gets the next title shot or. You don't have to take it, but you're not going to be next. And it might be one fight. It might be two fights. We don't know what it's going to be, but you're not going to be next. What do you think he would do in that scenario? Well, obviously, yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's no he has no choice but to take the Kai fight then. Yeah. But then, you know, when when you have Roy Vall, uh, you know, there, I think it, it, it could potentially be Albazi and, and Roy Vall. I think it just depends on what happens. Uh, with um, 
with Moreno and Pantoja. Uh, I think um, we probably won't hear a lot of flyweight noise until that fight ends. But, um, yeah, I, I'm with you, though. I would like to see Albazi and, and Kai fight again. But, um, like I said, if I'm Albazi, yeah. I'm staying far away from that fight. Before we start talking UFC 289, have you had the chance to start the Ultimate Fighter yet? I personally will probably wait a couple more weeks until I can like binge the first, uh, I don't know, four episodes consecutively. Uh, that's just the way I like to do series like that. But uh, have you had the chance to start it or or no? Yeah, uh, I, I've watched both episodes. Uh, when you work uh, as many hours as I do, you got to have some something to watch. So <laughs> uh, it was a great timing to have the Ultimate Fighter come on. And uh, I think it's an interesting setup with how they have it. Um, I'm not going to you know spoil it for you or anything, but I think it's an interesting setup. I'm sure you already know the, you know, the groups, you know, it's the prospects and uh, the veterans. So, um it's, it's an interesting setup. Uh, I, I don't think you're going to be uh, surprised by anything that you uh, that you see uh, at first. But um, I think uh, as the season goes on and we're, we've only had two episodes thus far, but I think as the season goes on, um, it'll get more and more interesting. So uh, just the fact that Connor's in it and he has such an aura and you see these yeah. guys just like being around him and they're just like, wow, like that's Connor McGregor. And, you know, this is the biggest superstar in the sport, and then I'm actually getting coached by him. So uh, it, it's interesting to see where these guys are and their points. But even if you're a prospect or you're a veteran, uh, you still look at Conor McGregor and you're and, you, and you're still wild. I I have heard, or I I've not heard, I have seen via Twitter several takes on and differing takes on McGregor and just like the way that people perceive him, whether they feel like he's like locked and loaded and, and like completely back into things or the complete opposite where uh, like maybe the ship has sailed in terms of, of uh, what he's going to be as a fighter. Do you feel like you have any sort of like takeaways just watching Conor McGregor? Do you get a certain vibe? Uh, well, I'll say this. I mean, I'm not going to, well, okay. I'll say this. Um, from what I've seen from Conor McGregor just from the, these past few months, I'm, I don't see a fighter. Um, I think um, being in the tough house uh, and being around those guys who are hungry uh, helped a little bit. I, I think, you know, you see uh, you see training footage and uh, you see Conor interacting with the guys. And when he's I don't know if that's just a camera thing, like we don't know what right, that looks right. like when the cameras are on. But when the cameras are on, Connor seems very uh, locked in to making his guys better and to do, uh, uh, training with the guys, all that. But um, I, don't know if it's, I don't know if it's forced and I don't, but, and I don't know if, how authentic it is. Um, I think those are answers that I'll, I'll have to get as I, as I watch it more. But as of right now, um, say Connor and Michael Chandler were signed for MSG or was signed for uh, the December pay-per-view. I don't really like where Conor McGregor is at. I, I don't, I don't really see that same uh, fire. I think being in the tough house, the plan was for Connor to get that back. And I don't know if it's there or not, but I, I mean, I'm a little concerned. 
Uh, if you're a yeah. Conor McGregor fan looking for this big um, comeback whenever he fights Michael Chandler, there's cause, there's reason to be very concerned. I, uh, I, I've seen several people say they will be shocked if Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler actually fight. Yeah, at, at this point, um, because like, you know how, how tough it is. You, you, you have the, the tough season that airs and then you already know when the coaches fight. The, right. the, the coaches are supposed to already have a date set. The fact that these two don't have a date set and we already are, are airing the, the show um, and now you've got these events that are getting um, that are getting main events and fights and getting announced on them. You know, Connor is not going to be on the August pay-per-view. You know, you know he's not going to be on the September pay-per-view. You, you know he's not going to be in Abu Dhabi. We're down to the, to the last two pay-per-views, and it seems like they're making a very um, huge effort to get Connor on one of those. But with this whole USADA thing and with where Connor's at, uh, with, with in terms of his uh, in terms of his build, because he looks gigantic on on camera, um, I'm I'm just not. The chances of the fight actually happening are slim. Yeah, and then the the chances of Connor winning that fight if it actually gets signed are also slim in my in my in my opinion as of right now. So, I don't know, man. All right, well, let's talk about UFC 289 as we get ready for Saturday night from Vancouver, British Columbia in Canada. It is a 9 p.m. Central start time for the main card. Um, Five main card picks, and I figured we would go feature prelim, Imavov and Chris Curtis, but uh, I did want to mention your girl Miranda Maverick finally back in the octagon. Yeah, I mean, and this is uh, the perfect time for her to get back in it. Um, you know, the the flyweight division uh, it it got shaken up with the with Valentina Shevchenko's loss, and we've seen a lot of young blood come up in the in the flyweight division. And ever since um, ever since Miranda Maverick lost to uh, Aaron Blanchfield and then Macy Barber, she's kind of been, you know. Uh, left you know and everyone else has kind of been uh, elevated up so i think this is uh, a perfect matchup for her to uh, get back on track she won her last fight and uh she's gonna this is you know jasmine is going to be fighting at home so hopefully you know uh, miranda has a good showing because she's going to need it all right let's uh let's talk about some fights let's make some picks as uh, we begin with the feature prelim in the middleweight division uh you could make the argument that this might be as good a fight as there is on the entire card Nasserdin imavov and chris curtis imavov is your betting favorite at minus 150 plus 125 for the action man i this is a great matchup i think this is going to be i mean this could be fight of the night um, I will go Imavov just because I think the striking arsenal is so diverse. Uh, but I, I think this to me is as close to a coin flip type of fight as you can possibly get. Yeah, you know, it's always Chris Curtis is very interesting because uh, those fights when you don't think he's going to win, he always wins. Look back at Phil Hawes, Brendan Allen, you know, look back at those. And then the fights that he's supposed to win, he doesn't win. You know, Kel the, the Kelvin Gastelum and, and all that stuff. So, in this fight with Imavov, I, I just think uh, he's he's going to have a hard time 
Um, because you know, he, when he fights, uh, he, it, it kind of seems like he's in a ball and he's just waiting to explode. Yeah. Um, and I think Imavov with his length, I think he's going to kind of pick him apart and try to stay on the outside. Uh, I think Chris is going to have to, he, Chris comes forward, but I think he's going to have to be more aggressive than he, than he normally is. Um, you know, walking Buckley fought Imavov and he had a really hard time getting inside. I kind of see this being a little similar, although I do feel like Chris Curtis is a better uh, striker. He's got a better uh, fight IQ than Joaquin Buckley. Um, I, I just think that with this being a three-round fight, um, it's going to be tough for Chris Curtis to to get inside uh, of Imabov's reach. So I'm going to go Imabov as well. But I do think that uh, Chris Curtis could, could find that shot. Uh, it's going to be tough, though. Yeah. Uh, to your point about the length, Imavov is 6'3", Chris Curtis is 5'10". They do have the same arm reach, but, I mean, Imavov and, and the kicks and, and all that is, is I think, going to play a big factor. But I, I think this could be, uh, like I said, uh, arguably fight of the night. It should be a really fun one in the middleweight division. All right, the main card begins also in the middleweight division. We have former Alabama Crimson Tide football player Eric Anders versus Marc-Andre Berrio. Marc-Andre Berrio is the betting favorite at minus 150, plus 125 for Eric Anders. Um, I'm going Marc-Andre Berrio, and I think he's just more skilled, more well-rounded. Uh, Eric Anders is a big, powerful, strong dude, but I think in terms of of the skill level, to me, this is heavily one-sided in terms of, uh, or in favor of Berrio. Yeah, you know, I, I thought I think that uh, Eric Anders is one of those guys who peaked really, really early in his career. Um, he came into the into the UFC ten and zero, uh, and then lot and then he fought Lyoto Machida in Brazil in a main event. And then I think since then, uh, it's kind of just been up and down, you know. So I feel like he's kind of peaked, and we've seen his best days. He's trying to get better, um, but I think he's he's more on the um on the end of his stick than uh towards the uh, towards an area where he's evolving and getting better uh i i do think in his last one against kyle Dawkins that was one of his best performances uh but i think that was a kyle Dawkins who was who people were starting to figure out I'm not gonna say he's not ufc caliber but uh kyle Dawkins isn't as, uh, as good as we thought he was so uh, that was a fight that eric anders should have won and he did and he got it done i think mark andre barry you uh provides a lot of, of problems for Eric Anders. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pick Mark andre Berrio too. And he's fighting at home, so yeah. uh, he's going to have the hometown faithful uh, by his side. The Canadian crowd will absolutely be behind him. All right, fight number two on the main card. This is another absolute banger that wouldn't be a surprise to me at all if it were to be fight of the night. We have featherweights Dan Ige and Nate Landwehr. Dan Ige is the betting favorite at minus 250, plus 200, for Nate Landwehr, look, I, I I like Nate Landwehr's mentality. I love the the fighting spirit and the aggressiveness. Uh, he's been in some absolutely awesome fights. For as much as I think people started to to sleep on Dan Ige after losing several of his premier matchups, he kind of reminded everybody the last time out like how good he is and just how good he looks when he's not facing the world-class competition at the very top of the featherweight division. Um, I think Nate Landwehr is going to want to brawl in this fight, but I think Danny Gay's overall skill level 
uh, and an ability to be a technician combined with the ability to brawl in in certain moments uh, ultimately gets him the win. Yeah, I think you broke uh, Dan Ige down uh, perfect. Um, I think that he can be chaotic uh, when he wants to, but I think more so uh, he's a very calculated killer. And um, that's been on full display uh, in, in, in his last few fights. I mean, I know he's fought you know, the best of the best, and you, and you start to think that, well, he's not that guy. But the way in which he knocked out Damon Jackson, when we when Damon Jackson's coming off that big win against Pat Sabatini, and we're thinking yeah. Damon Jackson's gonna you know burst to the to the top, and Dan Ige just comes out and y'all, hey, like don't forget about me now. Um, so I I, I guess that where I, I do think that um, Dan's gonna have an advantage is especially when this fight first gets you know kicks off. Um, Nate Landwehr, we've seen him come back. We've seen how durable he is. But I think if it's a if it's a Dan Ige who 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 hurts him first, I think Dan Ige is the type of guy that'll uh, that'll find those shots, not get crazy like uh, Onama did. Uh, I think Ige will will pick his shots and will close the show uh, in the in the first or second round. So uh, I I like Ige by finish. All right, fight number three on the main card takes us to the welterweight division. Uh, another hometown favorite on this card. Mike Malott is your minus 210 favorite versus Adam Fugit at plus 175. Uh, I generally have a sense when I feel like there is a close fight that if it's in front of somebody's home crowd, that's probably going to be the difference. So initially my thought was with Mike Malott, um, but that Adam Fugit win over Kinoshita the last time out, I, I there's just something there with this guy. Not that I, I think he's like world champion or, or anything like that, but um, there was just this ability to um, defy the odds and, and maybe um, get, feel like he was have a chip on his shoulder fight with a chip on his shoulder that I really appreciated and I feel like especially in a matchup with a guy that's going to be the crowd favorite fighting in his home country that might once again play a factor so I am I'm pulling an audible and I'm going to go Adam Fugit the underdog in this matchup yeah you know I think this fight's really close uh especially uh early on uh if 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 Malat uh, makes mistakes um, and uh, with Adam Fugit's uh, aggressiveness, I think that Fugit could potentially get this job done. But I actually I really like what I've seen from Mike Malat throughout his uh, throughout his uh, early you know, UFC career, uh, finishing Mickey Gall. Uh, I don't even think I know how to pronounce his, his, the last person he fought, and I'm not even going to try it. But. Uh, He's 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 looked really really good uh, since coming off the contender series. Uh, he's been finishing guys left and right. Um, I just wonder. The only thing that I wonder is if he's internally putting a lot of pressure on himself fighting at home uh, because you know this is the third fight from the top. You know, yeah. after after you, it's it's Charles and Benil. It's the it's the main event, and you, you know you're basically the the hometown the main hometown person that the UFC is trying to uh, get the fan base behind. So uh, I wonder if, if any of that is uh, going to weigh on him, but uh, if he just goes out there and fights within himself, 
I like him to win this one. So I'm going to go ahead and pick uh, Mike Malott. All right. And now the co-main event of the evening, or I, I think this is the best fight on the card. Um, I think it's probably the most popular fight on the card if you were to poll uh, all of the fans watching this fight card. Lightweight main event. Yeah, the people's main event. Lightweights Benil Dariush and Charles Oliveira. Have you seen the odds for this fight yet? No, but I would imagine they're probably razor thin. Benil Dariush is your betting favorite at minus 150, plus 125 for Charles Oliveira. I, I'm so torn on this, even as I, I sit here and... and uh, stumble over my words. I'm not 100% sure which direction I want to go. I've talked myself into Charles Oliveira this week. I've talked myself into Benil Dariush this week. Um, I think that Charles Oliveira has a much higher ceiling in terms of what he can accomplish in the octagon. But I also think that that Benil Dariush has a much higher floor in terms of, of the low end of what might happen in the octagon. I do think that Benil Dariush and just the, the size and strength on the ground um, maybe prevents Charles Oliveira from having his way like he's had with so many other guys if the fight were to go to the ground. Um, I know that Benil Dariush can absolutely take a shot. Uh, Charles Oliveira, I think, has been incredibly um, underrated as a striker, and his power, I think, has certainly been underrated considering uh, the championship run he was on and how many of the top-tier guys he hurt on the feet. Um, I, I, I think it's Benil Dariush's time. I think that he is on a run. He's he. I think he should be fighting for the title right now. I don't even think he should have to go through Charles Oliveira. Um, I love Charles Oliveira so much. I think the run that he had as the champion and and everything that led to that is one of the the great runs and stories in UFC history. Uh, I'm going to go Benil Dariush. Yeah, man, this is a a, a very close fight. Um, you know that run that Charles was on was one of the great. Uh, title runs and it was very unexpected you know I, I remembered you know when Charles was campaigning for a title shot and everything I was just like man I don't see it you know I, I don't see champion when I think of Charles Oliveira but just the way that he flipped that throughout his yeah that big run that he was on and that and those title wins you know like who does that to Justin Gaethje um who does that to Dustin Poirier you know so um man I just wonder um, because I think, you know, over three rounds, um, my question is who, who's going to hurt who on the feet? Um, I think that's going to be a big story in this fight because I kind of think the grappling kind of cancels out. I, I think Charles is probably the more dangerous guy, but Benil's no slouch. He knows what he's doing. So I think it's going to come down to who can hurt who on the feet and, Man, you know, with how wild Charles is, it could it could be either way. Like Charles could hurt someone. Like he hurt Gaethje with the first punch that he threw. Yeah, crazy. Or um, we saw Dustin, who defended his face really well and countered Charles very very well, dropped him multiple times. Um, and if Benil gets Charles hurt, he's not going to be afraid to go down to the ground and and finish the fight. So, 
I think it I, it just depends on, you know, throughout that, throughout Charles Wild, you know, his crazy, you know, exchanges that's going to happen in the first uh, two minutes. I think it's going to tell us a lot. Uh, if if Charles hurts Benil, then obviously I think Charles is going to close the show. But I think if the longer this fight goes, in my opinion, the more it favors Benil. So. Right. With that being said, uh, my pick, um, with that being said, man, I'm, I'm going (laughs) to go ahead and pick, um, I'll I'll go Benil, man. Okay. I, I, I like, uh, Charles, I kind of internally hope he wins, but I also hope that, uh, Benil gets his, gets his shot because he deserves it. He does, he really doesn't need to fight this fight. Like he, like you said, so just, um, hoping that the good guys, you know, start to get some wins. (laughs) Let's go with Benil. The, The good thing is I will be happy for either one of these guys when it's over. The bad thing is I'm going to be sad for both for either one of these guys who's on the other end of it, right? Like I think both these guys are incredibly likable. I I think both these guys are world-class. I would love to see Charles get another opportunity at the top, uh, especially with like the weight miss of in the Gaethje fight and all of that. Um, Benil Dariush should 1 million percent be the current number one contender and in line for the title fight, especially with the fact that Islam and he had the canceled fight before, um, I, I think you made a great point in terms of like who's going to get hurt in this fight. I just feel like in the midst of ch- of trading blows, we've seen like we talked about how Charles Power is underrated, but in all those fights, he also got hurt in all those fights, right? In, in terms of taking shots, he got hurt in every one of those fights. I feel like Benil Dariush can take shots better than Charles Oliveira, so that that to me, I think, is the difference. Yeah, and, and not only that, but you know, Dustin had him hurt and didn't want to go to the ground. Right, right. Gaethje had him hurt and didn't want to go to the ground. I think um, if Benil gets him hurt, he's going to know uh, he's going to know where to pick his spots, either to go in or not go in. But like when it came to Poirier and Gaethje, they just didn't. They did. They they wanted no parts of it. I think uh, Benil will, will will test himself, especially if he hasn't hurt. Does Charles get another title opportunity with a win here? Um, I think it's very possible because, um, this, what month is this? This is June and, you know, Islam's basically awaiting, a uh, an opponent for, for October. I think the fact that this fight's happening, uh, so, you know, in, in June, I think there's a good chance that the winner of this fight, uh, is the number one contender. Um, because like we've got this fight and I, I think we know it's going to be chaos, uh, but you know they have some time to recover and get ready for Abu Dhabi, and then we've got Poirier and Gaethje the next month, end of July, yeah, in the end of July, and I'm pretty sure like that's going to be a five round. Like I don't know how long that's going to last, but I'm sure those guys are going to have a fight of the year, knockout, drag out type of a, type of fight. To where I don't, I'm not sure if either one of those guys is going to be ready for for Abu Dhabi in October. Agreed. So I, I think uh, the winner of this fight, if it's Charles, if it's Benio, is going to be the next uh, contender. It seems far fetched unless somebody were to get like an early finish that that either one of those guys would be ready to fight. Maybe even by the end of the year, right? Yeah, 
Like that's like with the 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 strikes that both of those guys are gonna take. I mean, I, I just don't see that that quick of a turnaround. It's it's yeah, I just don't see it. Yeah. Although I think uh, Makashev would probably rather take on either Poirier or Gaethje over either one of the two guys fighting on Saturday night. Absolutely, because these two um, are like Poirier and Gaethje are better matchups for him. And, you know, Charles and Benil just offer like where, where Islam is best at. Right. Uh, Benil and Charles both have, you know, counters to that. So I'm sure right. he'll want to face uh, Dustin or Justin. All right, main event of UFC 289 is the women's bantamweight title fight featuring the GOAT, Amanda Nunes, and Arena Aldana. Minus 350 favorite for Amanda, plus 275 for Arena Aldana. Um, I'm not, uh, there have been times that I've just picked Nunes and, and acted like it's not going to be a fight and it's just a foregone conclusion and it's a, a formality that she's got to walk out there and actually beat somebody. I'm not going to put it in those terms. I think Aldana is a threat, and I could see a scenario where this is a fun fight. Uh, but to actually like go out on the limb and entertain the idea of picking Aldana, that that for me is far fetched. Um, I think, especially seeing how great Amanda was the last time we saw her coming back and and uh, somewhat feeling like she needed to to prove everyone wrong again, right? Having that fire uh, to to get a belt back. Um, I hope that that is still the case and she still has that fire and that didn't disappear in that one night. But um, my pick is going to be Amanda Nunes. Yeah. You know, um, I think that that loss against Juliana, I think, you know, Amanda did go in injured and I think she, uh, I I think she underestimated how tough Juliana was. I think she thought she could beat, Juliana, even though she was hurt, uh, and that, that cost her. So I think she went back to the drawing board and she came back. I mean, she looked body wise, uh, just, uh, she looked amazing, uh, like mind wise. She looked, she didn't look stressed out. Like she moved from, uh, from, uh, dang, what's that gym? Man, I can't believe I don't know the name of this gym, but she moved away from that gym where Masvidal and Dustin Poirier. Yeah. American top team. There Gosh, you go. I cannot believe. So yeah, so she moved away from there. She got her own gym. And normally when people go out on their own, um, you know, it's not the best idea. But it seems like Amanda's training has been really, you know, dialed in. She looks fantastic. Her mind just seems clear. She seems like she's got I'm not gonna say she's got the fire, but I I, I just think that she's going out there at her best. And uh I think, you know, towards the end of you know being champion and fighting megan anderson and felicia spencer and you know some of those girls that she was beating at the end i i just think she kind of got a little lazy and uh, i think she had a lazy mindset going against juliana and it cost her i think she's rejuvenated and we saw that in the in the last fight with juliana where this fight gets interesting though is uh aldana's size i think that could play a factor in her boxing uh, I, I hope that Amanda Nunes doesn't have an ego because if she does and she tries to box with someone as good as uh, Aldana on uh, in, in that boxing realm, she could yeah. get hurt. I think if uh, Amanda's clearly the better mixed martial artist, she's got takedowns, she's got submissions. All the, in, in those areas, 
she she's miles better than than Aldana. But Aldana, what she has working for her is that her size, her power in the boxing, and uh, she's got speed, and then you know that that Mexican toughness that everyone talks about. We saw it on display with with Grasso. Shevchenko tried to help, try to hold her down, and Grasso just would not let that happen. So um, I think if uh, Aldana can make things tough for Amanda, we could see something similar to what happened with Juliana. Um, normally, when things get tough for Amanda, she doesn't always respond that well. So um, we'll see if, if if Aldana can make things tough for Amanda. But I just think you know she's the goat for a reason. She's been in, in these spots throughout uh, her career. So give me Amanda. Uh, I haven't seen anything this week where I'm like, man, Amanda doesn't seem like she, yeah. you know, she's ready. So I like Amanda Nunes here. All right, my friend, it should be a fun night. UFC 289, final pay per view before the two in July that are are just absolute blockbusters, right? If there's going to be any criticism toward UFC 288 and 289, uh, at least understand that maybe uh, better things are right around the corner because the beginning of July and the end of July are, are two of the, the big blockbusters of 2023. Man, I, I got to tell you, those are two blockbusters, but I specifically want to talk about July 29th. So we know what we've got going on, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, and we've also finally got Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford, right? So I well, to be fair, I I will believe that they're going to fight when they're both inside the ring at the same time. So that's fair. That's fair <laughs> for sure. But basically, what I'm saying is, July 29th is going to be a huge night of night of fighting, big big fights. Like that 291 card is phenomenal. Earl Spence, Terrence Crawford, gigantic. So. I just, got to, I just got to tell you this. So I made a, a prior engagement, a prior um, trip plan. I made prior, prior trip plan. See, this was my thought process. So UFC 290 was announced. We already got Volk and we already got um, uh, Yaya Rodriguez for July 8th. So I'm thinking, you know, we don't have any other pay-per-views for the rest of July. So my, you know, you want to go on a on a trip? Let's let's go on a trip. And um, you know this, you know they're saying it's going to be at the at the end of July. I'm like, okay, great. So just imagine how happy and sad that I was that I'm going to be on vacation in San Antonio at the end of July, and then Dana White comes out announces. Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, that whole 291 card, which is a phenomenal, like oh, that main card yeah. is ridiculous. Ridiculous. And then on top of that, you add in Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford. I'm telling you this because I'm trying to see if I can have, if there's any way you can help me come out with a, some sort of an out. or Like, like to get out of, of the trip? Like, I have to watch those fights. Like, yes, it's you have mess. to watch those fights. Like, I don't care if I'm like on my phone in the hotel room. I, like, if I just don't go on the trip at all, I've got to find a way to watch watch these fights. Okay, when when are you leaving for the trip? 
And how long are you there? We're leaving that Thursday for for San Antonio. Okay. And then we are coming back. You're coming back when? I, I think you broke up. Okay, I'm coming back that Sunday. Oh, so this is the night before you come back. Yeah. Oh. And it is it's it's one of the people that we're going with. Their birthday is on that Saturday. It's on the 29th. Oh, so yeah. you're, so you're going with people and it's somebody else's occasion. It's not even like just you you're taking a trip and oh. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 one of those. Oh, dude. Uh yeah, I I we'll brainstorm this. <coughs> You're kind of in a pickle here. I I don't have like a good answer for you like at the moment. Yeah, you know, normally I can think like, okay, I can do this, I could do that, but like I don't I don't know, man. This one is actually uh pretty tough for me. I don't know how I'm, how I'm going to get it done, but I got to find a way because there's no way that those fights are going to happen. I've been looking forward to Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje since the first fight. I and like yeah. I'm so geeked for that fight. Then, but Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford are fighting. Maybe. I got it. <laughs> well, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, ha- yeah. The contracts have been signed, but right, right. We've got to we've got to make sure that both guys get into the ring, and yeah. So I, I I'm with you, but yeah, I got to find a way. I'm hopeful. Like, please. We are diehard fans of this sport. And if you told me right now that there is one fight that I could watch in the entire UFC and I could even dream matchup, right? I can even pick who I want to fight. Like the answer is Dustin Justin. Right? Like that that's the answer. Dustin Justin. Nothing else. I, I don't nothing else is going to beat that matchup. And I love, I love that we're getting this for five rounds. And I love even more that we're getting this on a pay-per-view because if there's any main event that's not for a title that deserves this spot, it's Dustin Gaethje and... and uh, did I say Dustin Gaethje? It's Justin Gaethje and Dustin Poirier. Um, I, I mean, I know we're, we're adding the BMF title to it. Um, I don't really think that it BMF's needs it. Stupid, but I mean, I think but, it's just... I think yeah. it's fun, you know, yeah. something for Dana to... You know, this is the title that Masvidal had, and The Rock showed up, and they did. So I think he's trying to add pay-per-view buys and fans right. from that, bring it over to this fight. But to me, it doesn't need it. I'm so excited for Poirier Gaethje. I got to be in front of the TV. A fight of the year, right? Like it's. I think there's there's nothing. I'm I'm pretty sure. Like pencil that in, pencil it in. Yeah. There's we're not gonna see a better fight. The fight hasn't even happened yet, and we're not going to see a better fight than what we are going to see on July 29th. We, that, we won't that see fight a better is fight. going to be phenomenal. The first one was phenomenal, and both guys, since that first fight, have evolved and improved and done nothing but put out blockbuster fight after blockbuster fight after fight of the night, fight of the year. Like these two guys are the best of the best in terms of entertainment value inside the octagon. Every time these two guys are in the octagon, it's war, right? And then you do it 
where they're standing opposite each other, there's no better fight. You know, we had that stretch where we talked about the maybe the the most iconic run of four UFC main events in a row. That was the the Volk Islam fight and and Leon Kamaru and Izzy Pereira. Like, if I could watch any of those fights or this one, this would be my choice, and this one doesn't even have a like a real belt on the line. Man, are you ah yeah. Oh man. Izzy and Pajeda. I mean I know what, what it was like uh. If Izzy and Pajeda were gonna fight again, even, I would choose Dustin Justin. Okay. Well, because uh, I, I don't wanna say anything that's gonna bash because like my my excitement level for this fight is is that high. But like I don't know, man. Like, of course, you know, you know my my fandom of John Jones. John Jones, yeah. And then you like Izzy and Pajeda. That's a that's a supremely good matchup. Maybe I'm with you. Yeah, I'm know. just I, like I'm not saying though that's a bad fight. Though. Like, I love that. That would be in my top like three fights, like dream fights oh, yeah, currently. Yeah. But I'm just saying oh, this yeah. one is the top. It's the it's the yeah, peak yeah. of the mountain. Yeah. So, and, and yeah. I love partic- like. Dustin and Justin, that fight, the first one was great, but that was that was peak, chaotic, insane Justin Gaethje who just wanted to go out there and get into a car crash. And if if I if I die, great. If I don't die, then great. Hopefully I win. This Justin Gaethje is uh, I know I said this earlier in the podcast, but this is a calculated killer. Um the way that he fights now, the what he did to Tony Ferguson. Uh, the way that he picked apart uh, Vaziev, the way uh, that he picked picked apart Michael Chandler. Yeah, I am so curious to see what how uh, Gaethje's uh, adjustments, how how his championship level adjustments that he's made in this game are going to translate into a fight with Poirier. I think that the fight looks completely different from what we saw in the first one, and Gaethje was looking phenomenal in the first fight. He was kicking. Poirier's legs off yeah and then and then I think he got tired and you know I think it comes down to just one simple thing with uh that 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 adjustment that Gaethje made in his game Trevor Whitman's always telling him man take 30 percent off of your strikes and just that 30 percent like he's putting 100 percent into his leg kicks into his punches after a while you're gonna get tired putting everything into every shot take 10 20 30 percent of it you're still hurting guys, but you're still preserving your gas tank. And I think we saw that on full display against Vaziev. We saw how Vaziev's face looked after the fight was over. It looked like he got hit by a truck. Yep. And Gaethje didn't have a mark on him. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I just can't wait to see that fight. It's it's going to be phenomenal. I I I I just don't think I'm going to pick anybody for that fight. Like in my official picks, I might just pick draw. I'm going with a draw tonight. (laughs) I don't think I can pick against either guy. Those are my two favorite fighters in the sport. I think think the entire world is going to be torn on that fight. I think, I think, uh, I don't know what the betting line is now. I would bet on fight week. We're looking at a pick them of minus 110, minus 110. I wonder, let's see. Okay. There are odds. Minus one ten, minus one ten is my prediction. Dustin Poirier oh. is the favorite. Oh, wait, wait. At... oh, 
I was okay. say, or it's minus, or it's minus one fifteen, minus one hundred five. It's it's close. Like You're that. really close. Poirier is the favorite at minus one twenty. Ah, Gaethje at plus one hundred six. Well, yeah, it, yeah, it's something. It's got to be something close like that. And I think over when people see Gaethje's gonna is the underdog, people is gonna put money on Gaethje, and then I think we'll see the those lines get. Uh, closer and closer as the fight gets closer. It might so. it might even flip flop a couple times fight week. Will like I wouldn't be I, surprised at all I, to like see it go Poirier favorite, Gaethje favorite, Poirier favorite, and then we when we settle out of pick them minus one ten minus one. 10. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think that that's how close this fight is. I can't I can't wait, man. It's gonna be awesome. I cannot wait. BMF title. I mean, it doesn't need it, but man, that's that's awesome. awesome All right, uh, we will brainstorm. We will figure out a path for July 29th for you to be able to watch both the uh, UFC 291 card. I mean, if nothing else, at least the main event. But that card is so loaded. And then Spence Crawford. Yeah, we 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 will brainstorm this and figure out a way. I'm such a fan. I can't not. Like I gotta be in front of the TV for the early prelims. Yeah, this fight. I gotta be watching. Loaded. I gotta be watching. I gotta be watching fights from three from four PM to one AM. Right. And I'm not gonna feel right if that's not the case. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Welcome to my TED Talk. Yeah. I mean, you gotta be there on the prelims for Kevin Holland and Michael Chiesa and Tony Ferguson and Bobby Green, right? Like Like what? Tony Ferguson and Bobby Green, Derek Lewis, uh uh, Wonder Boy and Michelle Pereira. Wonder Boy, Wonder Boy and Pereira. That's going to be bananas. Gamalhovich and Alex Pereira. Two oh five. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I can't miss it. We'll figure. Miss it. We will find a way. We will find a way, we'll my friend. Way. Yeah, we will. All right, my brother. Uh, great to catch up. We will do it again next week. Enjoy the remainder of this UFC pay per view fight week, and uh, have a good rest of your week, my friend. Yes, sir, brother. You too.